Clean on Fire. I'm Scott Jones, host since 2014, and today we got another fun podcast for you guys, fun show. Uh, I'm going to stick with that format. Um, pretty soon you'll be hearing from some guests and other people I'm going to bring on to the show. I have uh, I just had a really good conversation with a couple friends and clients, Bailey and Katie out of Colorado, <clears throat> excuse me, in California respectively, and uh, it's just funny, these two ladies our best of friends, they met through one of my other projects, Becoming Ultra Project, and uh, one of them is a hunter and one of them is a vegan, and I've been telling them for the last, I don't know, eight months that we got to get on a, on a show and just kind of, not debate, because that that goes nowhere, but just kind of talk about the whys and, and why why Katie hunts and, and why that lifestyle works for her and why Bailey chose to be vegan and why that works for her. So we had a great conversation. Uh, I'll probably be posting that tomorrow on here and on the Becoming Ultra Net- Network since a lot of people who know who they are over there. Um, and then I have I have a lot of people who are going to be coming on regularly through the end of the year and into the new year just to chat it up. And uh, I just feel like there's so many interesting people in my life. They don't have to be famous or really well known. I, there's so many people with, with good takes and lots of experience, and that's what we're going to do. Um, my goal for the show is to just use athletics and sport and performance as the backdrop of good conversations and connecting with people. And uh, yeah, we'll just kind of get into it today. So got a good story about my youngest son. He's got this uh, this this cool little engineering mind and something happened the other day that I thought was pr- pretty neat. Um, I always want to give these boys a little shout out, you know, should, uh, should I fall, fall off a cliff tomorrow? They'll know. Uh, somewhere to find my voice kind of talking to him in a different in a different manner um you know I lost my dad six years ago and if if I could find audio of him just kind of talking to me man that'd be so powerful so I know the power of audio and I'm going to just kind of keep plugging away on that thing uh I got a great story of the first race that my wife and I put on called the Naked Foot 5k I've talked about it in the past but it was kind of crazy kind of a crazy story it's probably a probably gonna take most of the show up today um I think a lot of you guys will will appreciate it uh just for the the grit to put this thing on and uh what happened afterwards so it's pretty cool um I got a good shout out for a client who has run a couple really really tough races out in the bay area quadipsia she is pacing um she's pacing another runner with a unique situation and uh she keeps losing bets to me uh that has to do with football so that is always fun if you're listening, you know who you are. You're about to get a little shout-out over here. Uh, great workout, a uh, little cardio, body weight set. If you really hammer, probably 25-minute set. Uh, if you kind of cruise through it, 35-minute set. So we're staying in that 30-minute range, which seems to be a sweet spot, especially if you don't want to take the time to go grab your bag, get in the car, drive to the gym, go to the gym, put your stuff up, go up there. You know, you don't want to do – you don't have to go to the gym for a 20-minute, 30-minute body weight workout and just – just getting people into the mindset of just getting the work in where they're at, getting addicted to the work, not to the not to the gym, and uh, that, that's what we're trying to do here at Athlete on Fire. And then I have a little resource, um, which is pretty simple. Actually, I'm going to share the research source first because it has nothing to do with running, has nothing to do with anything I ever talk about. There are a couple really so, um, a couple years ago, my boys got guitars for Christmas. They really wanted to learn how to play guitar. One of them got an electric guitar. He's regretting that right now, but that's not, that's besides the point. The other one got a acoustic, um, and they needed a tool to to tune up their guitars. And I don't have an ear for that. I am not a musician. Um, don't pretend to be. I have a little acoustic guitar. I can go pick on it a little bit here and there, but it's like as simple as it possibly gets. Uh, but yeah, there's some cool there's some cool little apps on the phone that you can get. So I got this Fender tune tuner. There's another one, Guitar Tab tuner, and uh, 
they're awesome. I can just set the, I can just give the phone to my dude, and uh, they figured out how to how to crank up the strings a little bit or crank them down a little bit to get to the right tune, and then they can play it, and it doesn't hurt our ears as much. So kind of cool for any musicians out there if you're looking for ways to get into it and and dumb dumb down the process a little bit because I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. My wife is is pretty musically inclined, so uh, yeah, we outsource that stuff right there around here. Uh, you know what that sound is, y'all. Um, all right, so let's go through a little bit of this show here. So my my youngest son West, he uh, they're both very very analytical in a lot of ways, but he's really a hands kid. He's he's the Lego kid. He puts stuff together. Like he'll take he'll take you know some of these these Lego ish type things that are like robotic and mechanical that you can get for kids these days are just way way higher level than anything I ever had or anything I remember having. Um, and he'll take that thing out he'll go step by step, he'll lay everything out on the table and he will sit there until he's done with these things. And it's pretty, pretty impressive. Cause I never had patience, that kind of patience when I was a kid. So the other day he was telling my wife, Lauren, that he had an idea for, for something he wanted to build. So she's like, ah, oh, cool. You know, whatever. So she just kind of passes it off. And, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes later, he has this little, he's got these little blueprints of what he wants to build. So basically like a little boy would it was a little contraption that would spring load uh a marble and shoot it shoot it across the room or whatever so there's springs in it there's wood but he wanted to use cardboard and it kind of looked like the letter h with a spring in the middle and but it was really well it was drawn well we never we'd never seen him draw anything before um when he brought it to us we were like, we were pretty excited. We thought we thought that was really cool. And then we ordered some springs off of Amazon. They came in and, and uh, he gave it his best shot. But he learned a lot. Like the materials that he wanted to use were too soft. They weren't rigid enough to transfer the energy. And um, just seeing kids' little brains, man. Th- these dudes are growing up fast, and they they have a they have a brain that's that's way more powerful than anything we can imagine. And you just I think you just got to nurture that. So it was just cool to see how this kid's developing and, and what he's going to do with his brain in the future. Um, because if he's drawing something from from his imagination onto a piece of paper i can't imagine when he starts learning about some actual engineering stuff and by the way i have to whisper this one of their gifts this is really cool we were watching a football game the other day actually i can talk loud for a second uh we were watching a football game the other day and uh like at the halftime dr pepper was doing like these these uh giveaways for these these college-age kids they had to throw football. They had like a minute to throw footballs through this hole, like ten yards away. And whichever kid got the most got a hundred thousand dollars of scholarship, and whichever kid got the least got like twenty thousand dollars or something like that. So it was on halftime for all the games right around Thanksgiving. So it was just kind of fun to watch. But one of the one of the kids, she's probably twenty twenty one. They asked all the kids what they wanted to to do with the money for the scholarship. So she said that she wanted to use it to become a aeronautical or mechanical engineer and work for spacex or nasa and both of the boys just lit up like they're like oh that's what we want to do oh my gosh that's what we like they couldn't imagine that there's another person that wanted to do what they they wanted to do um which is my my uncle's aeronautical engineer with tons of engineers in the family uh if i wasn't so hyper i probably i I probably would have gone down that route as as well um but just to see him light up was cool because in the back of my head i got this little uh i got this little nugget i got this little golden nugget um that i know about and me and Lauren have been looking to get them into some kind of science camp over the summer. They're getting old enough to do something like that. So we actually found we – got, we got them into space camp down in Huntsville, Alabama at their NASA center, which is pretty awesome. I've actually put on a 5K at that center before. 
Um, and if you're my, I'm 44. If you're around my age, there's a movie back in the 90s or maybe late 80s called Space Camp. I think we watched it 500 times in my house. Um, so I think the reveal, the grandma wanted to pitch in and help out big time. So she she helped out. Um, it's definitely not cheap to go do this thing. But in the back of my head, I'm just so pumped because they're going to go have this experience down in Alabama this summer. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. So anyway, there's that story. Uh, really excited for that. Anybody in Alabama, I'll be down there in July. Sweat my face off, but I'd love to catch up with you guys. So there you go, little engineering boys. Um, all right, here's a story. Here's another story. This is a story about how Lauren and I got into events. And when we got into events, we stayed in events for nine years. And uh, just to... I'll be telling lots of stories about the the race directing stuff because it's freaking crazy some of the stuff that we that we experienced. Um, but 2010 to 2019, we sold our last two events in 2019. It was just fortuitous if you think of it as as missing the stress of COVID because events really struggled through the COVID times. But this was the very first one. We were down in South America. I told this story the other day. We were looking for our next little entrepreneurial project, endeavor, whatever. We were always coming up with ideas. I mean, the first time I met Lauren was on a, on a chairlift in the highest chairlift in North America. And I think our next eight dates were driving up to the mountains and snowboarding. So you have a lot, you, you know, you have an hour, hour and a half each way to talk. You're on the chairlift, you talk. We just, we always shared ideas. Um, so we're reading Born to Run, that book from back in 2009 or 10, whenever it was. And we really liked the minimalist running concept. And it, it was something I had actually implemented with athletes in the past Running barefoot in sand, we used to do that a lot. We used to do striders out on the football field um, and accelerations on the football field barefoot. It was just something I kind of already had a, had an eye on. So read that thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what if we put on a 5K that was minimalist or barefoot? I'm like, it's not mandatory to be barefoot or minimalist, but that would be the goal. So we'd find these courses that would be on mostly grass or mostly really uh clean paved um sidewalk or beach or you know good surface so we came up with the idea i came up with this logo is the goofiest logo ever it was a foot that had a face I can, i'm drawing it right now on a piece of paper it had a face <laughs> and it had legs and it was running and i used that logo day one and then i went and designed a little uh text logo and we called it the naked foot 5k and uh, the the biggest thing, even the reason we got out of events was because the permitting was always such a pain in the butt. Like working with local municipalities when they can just decide one day that your race is no longer or that they want to limit participants or charge more. I mean, we, we've been through the ringer with with uh, with permitting. So anyway, we go down to the, the local little, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like just sport uh, park and recreation department of the, of the city I guess is what it was called and this lady we met was really really nice and we told her what we wanted to do and that we didn't have any big expectations for it and she at that time they were not charging to permit one of these this certain park and the park was perfect huge soccer fields everywhere so we got to do our first event ever for free put it online shared it with some of our networks the day before the race we had like 16 19 like under 20 runners registered we're like ah it's not that many but it'll be fun like it'll be bunch of people out there and and uh, at the time we had there's an author that came out and sponsored us we had a couple other like local little businesses we had steven Sashin, shout out steven uh who literally launched zero shoes x-e-r-o shoes at the exact same time that we launched this race 
so he he was at a bunch of our events initially like we went out and we'd help him make make his his shoes and they've actually grown into a legit company now you guys should check them out it's really cool um but that's launched on the heels of our of our of our race and um the night before the race i'm like oh my gosh i don't have a starter finish line so i had this <laughs> i had a bunch of pvc in my garage just enough to make an arch you know like an arch that you would run under that would say start and finish and the arch was about five foot nine or ten i'm six two and i ran under the thing and i had a duck legitimately um so i'm just laughing at how kind of rigged this thing is and i'm like oh i need signs so i got some uh zip ties and i got single pieces of paper and i would put the letter s on one piece of paper type it out t-a-r-t you know start and then i would laminate that and then I do the finish. It was on the same. It was on the same rig, but the finish was on the other side because you came back the other way. And uh, so by the time the start was hanging down from this little chute, it was I don't know, four feet. Nah, probably five feet off the ground, which is freaking hilarious. <clears throat> so everybody had to duck when they go through this, and it was like I don't know, four feet wide. So two people could maybe go through it. <laughs> anyway, get out there. Less than twenty registrations and people start showing up man like we had 40 day of registrations that's that's that doesn't happen even for big races anymore so we ended up having about just under 60 people for this first race and like me and lauren were buzzy with energy and like we had music and and uh oh my gosh this one author grabbed the mic from lauren and promoted his book for like five minutes straight is obnoxious don't ever do that people um but i had a good time it's fun it's a beautiful day um, we got done. We cleaned up. The cleanup took five minutes because there just wasn't much out there. And me and Lauren got home. We're like, that was that was really cool. That was really fun. Let's let's do some more of these. So we picked seven cities that we wanted to go visit. And Lauren was was she pregnant yet? No, she was not. This is the year before we we had the kid. We had so we picked seven cities. And just off the top of the head, I know Santa Barbara was one. I t- I told a story about that last show. Santa Barbara, Grand Rapids, at a friend of Michigan. We did D.C. because I had contacts in D.C. Uh, did we do Florida? We did not do Florida. We did Denver, Austin, and a couple other ones. So <clears throat> off the top of the head, those were some of them that we picked. We kind of picked places that we thought like that concept would work, where there were runners and people who were reading the book and stuff. And um, So, yeah, pretty cool. Post on the website the next week. A day after we posted, Merrill, the, the company, they were out of Michigan at the time, um, they were making those five fingers shoes and they're making some other well, they were partnered with Vibram with the five finger shoes. That was actually Vibram. Um, but, um, Vibram, Vibram, however you say it, they made the soles for lots of other brands. So Merrill was one of those companies and Merrill was making these zero drop barefoot style shoes. They're pretty cool. Actually. I, I wore them for years and years, but they were just launching those. They hit us up like the, this does not happen in events anymore, guys. This is like a relic even though it was like only 12 years ago to, to get this kind of money as a small race is crazy um they wrote us the next day we got on a call within two weeks we had twenty-five thousand dollar check as the title sponsor of the naked foot 5k which is freaking crazy so now we had seven events we had money in the bank so we could buy some marketing materials and and stuff to make the event go better and we we did that national series for two years and then it just it was so niche we just knew it was going to get big but the year one, we did seven. Year two, we did 10 cities. And then we did it in town again for another year or two just because we had a, a network that wanted to do it. But it was freaking crazy. Like this janky little race that had 60 people 
um, got that kind of sponsorship. And with their with their backing, like we were able to, to spend a little money on ads. I think I think we ended up averaging between 200 and 250 people per 5K, which is pretty good for a first time 5K in a bunch of cities that you don't know the market. Um, but I don't know. I think the lesson is just like take some imperfect action, man. Like the, it doesn't have to be great. Like just the fact that you are going to go put it out into the world and see what people think about it. That's usually the information you need. You don't have to have something perfect every time you, you launch an idea or a concept. And me and Lauren have kind of, we've lived by that concept, uh, both good and bad. I mean, we've we've lost our butts a lot a few times because of that concept, but we always come away learning so much more. Um, uh, and just to kind of share the, the follow-up on that, the next year we did 10, and the next year Merrill went off to go sponsor some other events that just ended up being bigger and had bigger backing. And Ultra, A-L-T-R-A, if you have... If you're a runner, you know what this company is. They they launched in between that first year and second year, and they were a title sponsor for the second year. So <clears throat> I'll tell the story about Ultra's first event that they sponsored for us out in Salt Lake City, um, maybe next time, because that was a freaking crazy story too. Well, just a funny story, because they're a successful, highly successful company now as well. Did we launch all these people? Jeez, I'm just kind of crazy. So that was a cool story about some some business there um all right a little shout out here we got a shout out to amanda uh out in out in uh the bay area she's been client for a couple years uh she ran her first 50k with me at my house this is the covid year during becoming ultra season 8.5 if you want to go look up that podcast it, t- it kind of tells the story of a bunch of runners training for the first ultra and uh her and five and four others ran their first ultra at my house on a loop they had to do seven times in a freaking legit blizzard so these people were tough she's tough as all get out you know you get done with that thing and you just want to see what your body can do so we've been training training to do that uh she ran her first 100k last year i got to go out and pace her with the crew of other friends and runners is really cool experience big shout out she just did quad dipsia big race in the bay area where they go up and over this this mountain a couple times with hundreds and hundreds of stairs i don't know how many there are but the vertical is legit. I want to say it's like 92 or 9,428 miles. So, yeah, lots of vert. Um, killed it. Um, but that's not even the, the shout-out. The shout-out is, you know, she's backing off some of her training and her goals to help a blind runner get to some of his goals. Um, one of her the, – the guy that she works with, um, I think his name is David. Don't quote me on that. Um, he is qualified for Boston. She's going to help him train for it. And uh, just interesting, like, just to hear the dynamic of of leading a blind runner um, on training runs. And he's quick, so she's got to be able to, she's got to, be able to run pretty fast with, with the guy. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see how it kind of turns out and how and what he learns from the whole thing and what she learns. And maybe, maybe it will be a conversation we can have on here eventually. And then another shout-out for Fulmer, because for the last two years – She's a huge Oklahoma fan. She grew up in Oklahoma. For some reason, she wants to keep betting me uh, Oklahoma versus West Virginia for like huge physical, huge physical bets, right? So last year she bet. I made the workout. It was a quarter mile, and then fifty uh, burpees, squats, and sit-ups times eight. You had to do that eight times. That's a that's a legit workout, y'all. Um, that's 400 reps of all that stuff. Just kind of crazy this year. Uh, 
she's turning 40, so everything was themed around 40. She wanted to go at it again. I warned her not to. West Virginia beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Sorry, Oklahoma's people. And uh, my dad played at West Virginia. There's a connection. I was born there. I went to undergrad and grad school in the state. Um, so I have a lot of connections to that state. And, uh, yeah, this year it's uh, 40 sprints, 40 stadiums, 40 deadlifts, squats, um, pull-ups maybe, and then 40 40-second 40 isometric holds in a row with eight different exercises, which is about 26 minutes of isometrics in a row. So, once again, legit workouts. These are hours, not minutes workouts. So shout out Fomar, Amanda, uh, go get it. Maybe next year, maybe next year. All right, I got a workout for you guys. Um, this is a great one I do with clients all the time. This can be done outside. Actually, I would prefer it outside because it's all body weight stuff. Um, but if not outside, you can do it wherever you want to. If you have a treadmill, it's fine. Uh, it's, it's So basically it's two minutes of cardio. Usually I like to do running. So like a hard two minute effort and then you get right into an upper body, a lower body and a core. Everything you do is 20 reps today and you're going through it at least two rounds. Like two rounds is a standard, three is if you really wanna get after it. Two, you can do it in 30, 35 minutes, three, probably 45, 50 minutes. Um, so two minutes and then you do 20 push-ups, 20 squats, 20 sit-ups. Two minutes and then you do 20 dips, 20 lunges and 20 reverse crunches. Two minutes and then you do 20 inverted rows or pull-ups. 20 step-ups, 10 per leg, and then 20 Russian twists. And you go through that again. Pretty simple. Um, good work. You kind of you tap into a, a little bit every, every part of your body and, and get that heart rate up and feel feel nice little endorphin kick, uh, and uh, you're in and out pretty fast. So that is the workout for the day. I already gave you guys some resources. Go listen to some of the Becoming Ultra stuff. If you need a run or an idea for a run, Becoming Ultra is doing a bunch of uh, – a bunch of runs for the 12 runs of Christmas. And I uh, really appreciate you guys for listening and have a great day wherever you guys are. Appreciate it.